Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. You've just finished listening to the sermon. Now let's get into the overflow. We're glad you're here. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. I know I told you on Sunday, but also day of recording. Happy Father's Day. Did your uh, children do anything for you? Um, what do uh, we went to play basketball with some of my, uh, some of my friends, not friends, but some of my cousins and their sons. Uh, we went up to the dance and played basketball. Yep. Oh, okay. How was that? It was good. It was good. Uh, my knee was hurting for a week after it hurts, but <laughs> we got to get you those uh, like copper tone sleeves or whatever. Those ones that like Brett Favre has, right? Like, made of copper. Got to get you those faster. Come on, you were. Oh yeah, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's all good now. It's all good now. Well, well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad you had a good Father's Day. Um. I uh Father's Day it's just so interesting now like since my father passed it's just it's just a different approach to it celebrate all the fathers love for everyone that does have fathers that are living Uh Um, but I definitely empathize more with those that aren't able to share with their fathers but um I also commend the fathers who are fathers of children that aren't theirs biologically but I think that's just a whole different um, that's a different mindset going into a relationship with someone. Um, my father did it for my brother. Um, I know that we have other fathers in the church that are doing that. And I think that's just really um, amazing that they are stepping out and being fathers for children that, you know, maybe their biological father just isn't available for them. And so, I do that. I'm my brother. He's not like a card guy. He loves Adidas. So I, <laughs> I just sent him some Adidas clothes. Now he likes to wear like some different, like if it's, if not a lot of people are wearing it, he wants to wear it. He can be like, oh, you ain't got this. Oh, it's exclusive. Oh, you ain't got this. It's exclusive. And so he just has himself a little field day. Oh, that's what's up. <laughs> um, and so this, uh, so welcome everyone to MTZ Overflow Podcast. I'm here with Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen, and we had a very special Juneteenth Father's Day uh, sermon on Sunday, which was pretty awesome. Just thinking of the liberation of Black people and the celebration of Black men uh, all in one day. So I think that that is not lost on me on that day. We're still in the sermon series, Do Not Disturb. And we are talking about a father's cry. And I will say like, this is a passage of scripture. I hadn't probably studied um, in a long, long time. And so it was great to, to revisit it and just, and think through what's happening. And so we're in Mark chapter nine, 14 through 27. So pastor talk to us about what is happening here in the text at this time right um jesus is coming off the mount of transfiguration um he's been 
know, he separates himself for prayer and he takes his um, inner circle with him of Peter, James, and John. They're on the mountaintop. Uh, God shows up, said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. And Peter said, hey, let's build three tabernacles up here um, so we can have, stay up here. And Jesus said, no, we can't stay up here. We must go down to the, um, and be with the people. And while they're in, down going on, on their way there, um, Peter, I mean, Jesus, he talks to the scribes. They're like, yo, what are y'all doing? Why are y'all talking to my disciples? And But then a father jumps out the crowd and said, hey, <clears throat> I brought my son to your disciples and they couldn't heal him. They couldn't do anything for him. And, um, and then Jesus, and then he said, if you have any, if you can do anything for us, have compassion on us. <clears throat> and the man said, well, and then Jesus says, all things are possible um, if you can believe. And the man says, I believe, but um, help my unbelief. And so I think that's, that's the, uh, what's basically going on here with this father who has this child who literally is trying to commit suicide because of his demon possession. And, be, and so he's looking to um, the father, uh, God to help him in this situation. And so, so he at least listened, looking to Jesus to help him because um, everybody else pretty much was failed him probably. And the disciples have let him down. And now um, this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, that helped my unbelief, right? I think so many times we feel that we can't approach God unless we are a hundred percent full tank there. And what this father is showing us is that we can come to Jesus, however we are with our, with our faith. Um, and your first point is he shows us, the father shows us that we must be um, patient in our prayers. And, and looking through the text, I don't, it doesn't say that the father prayed, right? It doesn't say that specifically, but we know that because of his faith, he has a prayer life. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I, I was prayer in this instance. He he's talking to Jesus. That's what I'm referring to. Mm. He's talking okay. to Jesus, and that and that that's that's what prayer prayer is us talking um, to Jesus. And this is what this uh, father does. He comes. Um, he's patient because. He, he stays around even though the disciples are unable to help him. So he's patient. He's waiting for Jesus to come back. He's waiting for Jesus to show up. He's waiting for Jesus to come. And, be, and I, that's where I, uh, the, um, the interpretation of he's patient with his prayer that, and, and that piece right there, because he could have left uh, once the disciples showed that he wasn't doing, uh, they were unable to do anything for the child. He could have got up and left but he decides to uh, to move forward and wait on wait for Jesus to come back. And when Jesus comes back, that's when he goes to him and he talks to him directly about what's happening with this child. Yeah. Okay. That that, that makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. Because my uh, oh, go ahead. Just staying in, in tune with the the theme of the month with prayer. Um, you staying in, in that process of what's going on is now prayer is a conversation between uh, humanity and divinity. And this is what this man is doing. He's having a conversation with Jesus and he's making a request unto Jesus. And that's what prayer is. So this is a practical view 
of what prayer looks like. Mm, okay, I like that. Um, also, thinking about this man and how he got to Jesus, utilizing my biblical imagination of, because it doesn't say how many disciples he went to, it just is the disciples. So it could have been two, it could have been six. Um, and then there's a multitude of people that are surrounding Jesus as he's talking to the scribes. So just thinking of the determination of this father, like how tired is he? How frustrated is he? How, you know, when he gets to Jesus, is he out of breath? Because he had to move all of these people to get there. Um, and then he has a bit, some impatience because he interrupts Jesus having a conversation to talk to him, right? So like the, the desire and the draw and the need to get to him is stronger than any type of pleasantries. And they're like, um, excuse me, Jesus. Like when you have a moment, I'd like to talk to you about my son. It's like, Jesus, I have to talk to you now. Um, which I think is really showing of his, of his character and his faith um, and what he's willing to do to help his son. Um, you, when is it? You keep talking about weight, like waiting and <laughs> stop talking about waiting. <laughs> the, <laughs> I think the word weight isn't always uh, associated with Christianity. I think having a relationship with Jesus means we have a fast pass to, to God and that way like our prayers our requests get answered first because you know we have a relationship so we're going to go ahead of time we don't have to wait as long and you continue to remind us that that is not the case and and we is it in this part where you talk about maybe not how old he is maybe that's later Mm-mm. um yeah he, he where well, yeah he has to be an adult right because he says how long your son been like this and the father says since since childhood yeah it's so like that weight from the father of of that i just i just don't you know, Isaiah says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall move mountains, and, and like, <laughs> wait is such an infinite amount of time. I can understand the frustration, for sure, from this, from this father. Um, and then you say, you talk about the disciples, and you said Jesus is upset because his disciples' faith hinders their ability to do wonders like Jesus. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so Jesus tells them, uh, the, the man says, hey, I brought my um, my son to your disciples um, and they were unable to do anything. They couldn't cast it out. And Jesus answered him and said in verse 19, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you, right? Jesus is like, why you all can do this, right? He's like, mm-hmm. what's, what hinders you is your faith. And he, that's how he calls them faithless. 
that that they they don't have enough faith. At least they don't. At least faithless is no faith. Um, they don't have any faith, and what they're able to do. And Jesus, is like, yo, how long I got to be here? I know I have to leave. I know I can't stay here long. But what you all are doing, you, you're making it hard for me me to uh, even want to leave because of your uh, faithlessness. You ever think Jesus got tired of his disciples? Oh yeah. You see, just right there, that frustration, <laughs> like, how long must I bear with you, right? Mm-hmm. You faithless generation, you know, yeah, that, that frustration. And often you see that uh, when when they uh, uh, ask questions, like, uh, and so Jesus had that frustration with them, I see. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and then we you talk about the, the evil spirit that took over the boy. And then even how that shows up in our current society of spirits trying to take the lives of our children and, and evil spirits. Um, and so like with the demons, like wanting our children deaf, wanting our children dumb and wanting our children dead. I can only imagine like as a father, the thought like, how do you prepare your children against that? How do you, how do you open up their ears? How do you give them the words to say? Uh, and how do you, you get them to want life? Like, I'm not a parent, so I don't, I don't know that part of life yet. So, so I'm asking, you know, what is that like trying to instill that in your children? And also, you know, kind of the frustrations when you see that it's not happening in others. Right. It's, it takes, uh, as parents, it's take intentionality. Um, and it takes uh, being the example for them, um, for them to see. Um, then you gotta be mindful of what they see in the world and what they see on social media and TV. Um, and you gotta prevent those things from having a stronger influence on their lives than, um, than you as a parent has on them. And your light must shine as bright as home as it do, does at church or in the community. Uh, because your kids will see what you're doing and they will see what's, um, what is allowed uh, in your life. And so that's, that's, uh, that's some of the main things right there is just being very intentional of loving them. Um, and this father, he was just at a place where nothing he was able to do could prevent his child from doing these things, jumping in water, jumping in fire, gnashing of teeth, it just, he couldn't prevent that child from doing any of that. And as much as he tried, as much as he loved on that child, he just was unable, unsuccessful. And so his, his thing now is getting that child to Jesus. And I think that's what a lot of parents must be committed to do. Let's get these children to Jesus, show them the right way, show them Christianity, show them the Bible, show them um, with a commitment to church and God and those types of things. Yeah, right, showing and being that consistent kind of piece for them. Um, you mentioned some additional statistics. We talked about gun violence, overdose, and, and suicide. And suicide is really, for, for me, I'll say in more recent events, like it has been one of the the largest speakers and like where our where our where our youth are in their ability to like communicate 
there's something where they do not feel comfortable or they're not as equipped to share their feelings out loud mm-hmm. and recognize that frustration. I don't, you know, it could be from societal expectations, parental expectations, um, that they may not feel that they're meeting. And you just, you just see these young people just taking their lives because they can't, it's too much for them. Right. Um, I think I was, I forget the exact statistics, but I was looking at it. Um, you know, suicide is more prevalent amongst white males. Um, and it's staying the same pretty much in those categories and older African-Americans, but teenage female African-Americans suicide rate is rising. And, um, and I don't know exactly what's contributing to that, but you know, some will suspect you know, social media, um, you know, you know, friends and things like that and you no know, home environments that these kids, African-American females and teenagers are more likely to commit suicide. And that's, that's very challenging statistics to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very challenging. And, you know, you, and you, you point to this in the sermon, it's even though home may not be where you have the most, maybe it's like as consistent, you, your church should be consistent. You should be able to find some additional role models and people to connect with in your church. And I think that speaks to the church as being an extension of your family and you being able to connect with them and depend on them in whatever needs that you have. I will say coming to Madison without any family ties to this area, Mount Zion has been wonderful and just like accepting me as a daughter, a niece, a cousin, friend. Like it, it has been an awesome community. And seeing some of our younger males come in on their own has been amazing to that as well. Um, and I will, I will say this, like to to the men and to the fathers, being present in the lives of your children, as a woman who had uh, a father in her life, he. It, it shows up later in life as well. I, I had a man tell me that he knew that I had a father present in my life because of how I speak to him. Uh. And I, I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yes, like you, you don't talk to me all like sideways trying to prove that you, um, like you're more alpha than me. Like you understand how to, to speak and to be feminine and you you understand that balance um, between our dynamic. Uh, and, I, and that's not something that I had heard before, but just thinking of like that value that the father has in the life of their daughter, even as they have grown up, those, how, um, those skills that are being instilled in, in us. So that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, so then to your next point, you talk about fathers must cry out even when your faith is not full. Right. Now, I thought men weren't supposed to cry. Who said that? 
that's what I heard the Menza says. That they're not right. supposed to cry. Well, cry out here is uh, you know he shouted aloud, right? Uh, and he may have had tears, and especially when he talks about his son um, and what his son was going through, what his son was enduring. Um, and then just looking at it, he says, "Have compassion on us and help us." Mm-hmm. Uh, it was his son, the only one going through it, but he is also affected by what his son was going through. Uh, and, this, and then he said that if you can do anything, which means he put a, a, a possibility on a guarantee, Christ, right? Christ says, mm-hmm. if I, I can do anything, yeah. but what I do depends on how you believe. If you believe, then all things are possible. And so we look at it and, and then uh, again, the all things, whatever, wherever, again, this Jesus type of language Jesus uses for prayer and faith. And so then the, the father, he's like, um, I believe, but I need you to help my unbelief. I need you to help my unbelief. And his faith was not full, which means he didn't have um, everything together. And, and even though he didn't have it all together, he was still able to cry out to Christ. And Jesus affirmed his faith, even though he didn't have what he thought was enough faith. And Sunday, Sunday, I, while I was in the pulpit, the illustration came to me about how my wife normally rides on E, right? <laughs> uh, she rides that tank on E. And, uh, and uh, one day she called me and was like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the gas station. Stay on the phone with me until I get there. And so I stayed on the phone and she just shouted, yo, we made it once she got to the gas station. And mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine just how this father in the text felt. We made it. I didn't have enough mm-hmm. faith. I, I thought I didn't have enough faith. Uh, I thought I didn't have enough belief in Jesus, but what I had was enough. And he took what I had and made it um, applicable uh, to, to meet the needs uh, that I needed in that moment. And sometimes our faith may not be full, but our faith will, uh, if we have enough faith in God, he can move us. Cause you can see uh, the disciples, he called them faithless he's upset with them because they didn't have any faith, but he honors this man's request, even though he didn't have what he thought enough faith. And which Mm -hmm. proves to us, if we have some faith, Jesus can work with that. Uh, It's just that faithlessness that, uh, that prevents him from being able to move. How do we counter the, the mindset of having to be at a hundred percent in this? Right. Like mm-hmm. the father, the father is not he's he's on E, maybe past E on this. And he's and he's crying out to Jesus. So right. how how do, how do we combat that in our society where it's like I got to be. I can't you know, I can't people that say I can't go to church until I get my life right or I can't be with this person until I have X number of dollars in the bank like. How how do we how do we meet God in, in that in that space? Right. Yeah. So we just gotta take what we have. We can't be afraid and say, well, my faith is not where I want it to be right now. Uh, so I'm not gonna go to God at all. And we see this, we see this in this text that this man proves that hey, I believe, but help my unbelief. I know you can, but I'm just praying that I don't know if you will. I know you're able, 
uh, but I'm unsure if, if you can. So, so the goal is always just go to God and take God with, with what you have and, and he'll let you know if what you have is enough or do you need to go mm. back and need some more. Mm. Yeah, because that, that's important to note. Like he'll, he'll remind us of what else we need. And even, you know, even if we are, as you, you said, making it on broken pieces. And right. that was, but that was like, that was a, an oh God moment of like, yeah, there are plenty of times when I know I've made it on broken pieces, right. you know, <laughs> more concerned about trying to put it back together than just continuing to move forward. Cause I wanted it to be put together and perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really like, uh, shout out to those listening. We have exclusive content. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, Pastor, you break down um, three key pieces about this, this statement. The Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And so with the first part, the Lord, I believe, his faith is affirmed. Right. Is he affirming it? Is Jesus affirming it? Who's, who's affirming his faith in that moment? He's affirming his faith in Christ. He said, I believe. So he's affirming um, his faith and said, no, I believe who you are. I know of your abilities. I know of your skill set. I've heard of your miracles. So I believe in you, Lord, I believe in you. But then he'll, mm-hmm. he, a plea is made after that, right? Mm-hmm. Statement of faith is affirmed and then a plea is made help (laughs) yeah the father understands his situation and knows he cannot handle this without the help of the lord he says help me right he says help me he says i need your help i need your guidance i need your uh spirit i need you to help me and then a confession is made my unbelief Mm -hmm. lord i believe but help my unbelief saying that no this 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 is what what i'm going through this is what um i'm challenged by i know you're able i know you can but i need you to help my unbelief because right now i have this little piece now i don't know how much some of me really is unsure about what's going to happen so i believe but help my unbelief so we see faith affirmed we see a plea is made then we see a confession is made. Have you ever uh, made this statement? Oh yeah. Um, my mama had COVID, right? Mm. And she had it in April of 2020. So it was a lot of uncertainties. Then she went to the hospital. Uh, I was praying, I was believing, but you know, I was still, I was also teetering on what could happen. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've been there before. And then we have at the end of this, you know, we have you you make the you highlighted this part, but Jesus takes a limited faith and conducts a miracle. Mm-hmm. And the demon sees Jesus, right? Like like it's he just sees Jesus mm-hmm. and he starts to do one last attempt to kill this boy, this man. Um, and then the the demon leaves and, and the 
and the man is is laying there and the people think that he's dead and i thought about what this looks like of of jesus uh, help helping this man up and i i think of the we talked about the man who was paraplegic and and jesus says you know he reaches out grabs him and helps him to stand up i think of a similar situation where it's like all hope may have been lost for this person and the people of the town may have just walked by him dismissed him ignored him and they see jesus reach out his hand to him and maybe the, the man you know he he passed out he does he wake up to Jesus's touch? Is does he just all of a sudden wake up? We don't know. But just like the realization of, you know, I get like this thing is gone. Kind of like who am I? Where am I? He, he and who knows if he knows who Jesus is, right? Like that. Just thinking of what what that man is going through in this moment. Right. It, the scripture uses it in a sentence, but just all of the emotions that are that come through. Um, it's just so interesting to me. Yeah, he, you know, he, he tells the spirit to come out, spirit come out, and then he's like, he's exhausted, right? That he yeah. falls conscious. Then the people around him are like, oh, he dead, you know, right? you know, and you know, say he was out as a dead man, which means he he was alive, but he wasn't moving, move, no movement, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until Jesus lifted him up, and once Jesus lifted him up, and then he got up, and you know, people will count you out. People think you're dead, um, mm. and, and, and think think that it's over for you. But Jesus has the power to to lift you up, and we see that even mm-hmm. with God. People thought Jesus was dead, thought it was over for him, <clears throat> but God lifted him up from the grave, and so that's the celebration of the text right there. Absolutely. Excuse me. Uh, those are all of the questions that I have for you. Do you have any? pastoral parting pieces um i would say just keep going to god you may not have it all together your faith may not be full but keep going until god give you what you need keep going to him that's it keep going awesome well thank you pastor appreciate your time uh thank you for everyone that's listening please continue to come back for new content new episodes And until then, stay marvelous, fabulous, and blessed. Peace. Peace.